Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Whistle for a cab, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. For my love, Lucid and News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White. I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com, and this week I am joined by UCB personality, comedian, writer, performer, etc., etc., John Prashad. Hello, Hi. thank Hi. you. Going? Yeah, uh, welcome to the world of my podcast. I oh, guess. I'm so glad. I gotta Take say. A look inside. I was curious what was going to be your your opening thing. Whistle for a cab. I should have guessed. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of a lot of thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, because with that theme song, there are so many things you, things you can pull from. It's truly amazing. I read all. I did a refresher course on Wikipedia Good. on my way Bring here. Bring that info. <laughs> um, and I saw that in syndication, some channels cut the opening credits. That's it's. That's insane to me. That should be uh, against the law. I can't. It should be punishable by some way. If you see that Fresh Prince is coming up in, you're flipping the channels, coming up in five minutes, and the opening credits doesn't play, do you watch the episode? No, I would I, say no. I think you spend the entire episode being like, "That was a long cold open. That cold open had commercial breaks." <laughs> what is this? Uh, yeah, this week on the show we are traveling to November 9th, nineteen ninety two. Passenger 57 ruled the box office. End of the Road by Boys to Men topped the charts. And Mm. NBC aired the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode, A Night at the Opera. (laughs) John, you must have seen A Night at the Opera before. I I had never seen that episode before. And if I had, I did not recall it. I definitely... I don't remember all of it, but the... uh, Will's remixed commercial for Uncle Phil, I 100% remember all of that. I was so disappointed by that. No, you wanted more. I will. It's this. So it, the, the cold open. It's such a great setup. We launched in. Uh, um, uh, uh, Uncle Phil is saying, um, saying, what is it saying? Oh, Will, I, I don't, I can't believe you, you changed my, my, uh, my campaign commercial. Yeah. And then we'll saying, well, I made some more com- change as well. And we get, we're setting it up for like two whole minutes. I made some other changes, some other changes. And lot. I'm ready. I'm ready for this commercial. <laughs> and he remixes two lines and splices in two home video. But they were, but the one was the, the one with the mouth and then him eating pizza. Was that was fun. Great. I uh, just wanted more. Did you grow up watching Fresh Prince? Was it? In regular in rotation. So I. So what year was this again? This was nineteen ninety two. This was November 9th, nineteen ninety two. And this is season three. Three. So I was pretty young. I watched it more in uh, uh, syndication. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I don't think I had ever seen it. When I saw it, I saw it as that show that the movie star was on. Oh, right. I don't think I've, I ever was on. So you didn't see his rise. I never saw it as the show that that rapper is doing. Yeah, yeah. I, my, I'm I'm pretty sure this was, because this was an NBC sitcom Hmm. that was not part of the must-see TV, like, brand. Yeah, you could watch this later. (laughs) Yeah, because this was a, this was a Monday night (laughs) NBC show. It was, yeah, it aired on Monday nights. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was, my sister liked it, and so I would watch it. I I watched it every now and then when it was on. I think it was usually paired with Blossom. Yes. So it was like Fresh Prince and Blossom were the Monday night shows. Uh, but I didn't really... Uh, I wasn't a religious viewer. I started watching it a lot, I think, in its last season. Mm-hmm. So season five. Um, but I definitely was aware of Will Smith and like loved Will Smith. Because I remember when Independence Day came out, it was like, you know, we were watching a movie star being born. I remember like rooting for Will Smith to do well <laughs> when I, that movie came out. I saw that in the theaters. And that it was at 95? 96. 96. Because Men in Black was 97. So I would, would uh, to, to fully date myself, I would have been nine when Independence Day came out. I saw in the theaters... And I was very excited. I was very excited to see a PG-13 movie. Uh-huh. Um, and I had heard, because I was already getting into movies, and I had heard the pre-release buzz oh, about wow. how good, well, just like references <laughs> yeah. in, you know, my driving to summer camp, uh, hearing the entertainment news on 97.5 WPST. Yeah. And <laughs> um, New Jersey's great uh, t- top 45 station of the time. And um, they were talking about how good Will Smith was and how oh, yeah. he was going to be huge. And that was the movie to see. And I saw it. And it was just like that kind of thing. I think at that age, you're very much like the world is like, this guy's great. Yeah. And so I was. And let's be honest. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. God. Even Welcome walk- to Earth is, I mean, he punches that alien. Even, even just like him walking through the desert, dragging in a parachute, <laughs> like yelling, I should be at a barbecue. <laughs> like it's. Well, he gets just the introduction to that movie where he is, all the other characters figure it out way before him because he's still in LA mm-hmm. and he's asleep. I, yeah. I think he, I think they cut to him like not waking up in the first 20 minutes. Right. Like he's so great in that movie. And then I, I kind of have like being in summer camp and having friends be like, Oh, he's on a TV show too. You can watch him always. All the, yeah. And especially because I think Fresh Prince hit syndication like quick yeah so i think as soon as it ended it's because it only was on for five years i think it had 140 something episodes so it hit syndication like as soon as it was off nbc like it was on and then running like tbs morning afternoon now it airs on a number of channels like Mm. still and still gets like millions of viewers i actually at work i just did a um i did a piece because i'm very my job is all about shows that stream mm-hmm. and like writing about that. And so there have been a bunch of big like land grab moves uh-huh. where like Hulu has gotten all the TJF shows and they made a big deal with Fox. And then Amazon just grabbed all of these early 90s sitcoms, uh-huh. Grace Under Fire, Roseanne, Sybil, uh, Third Rock from the Sun. And so I was like, well, what is left? And so I did like this exhaustive hours and hours of research on Google Trends, figuring out like what are the most popular sitcoms that are not streaming anywhere. Fresh Prince came in third behind. Uh, Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men are one and two, and then Fresh Prince is number three. So the two big currently running, well, Two, two, two and a Half Men is done. Yeah, Chuck Lorre shows are not streaming anywhere. Yeah, you cannot stream Big Bang or uh, Two and a Half Men anywhere, what? and they are still so popular online. But the fact that Fresh Prince comes in at number three of like all the sitcoms surprised. that aren't like people, and obviously deservedly so, people mm-hmm. just like love this show. 
It was such, like, a fun show to watch as a kid when it was on, too. Because it's just so uh, energetic and fun. It's a classic premise. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, a fish-out-of-water premise. And then, I mean, he really is remarkable yeah, like, in the show. He is so charismatic. But then I, the supporting cast is wonderful. I know. Uh, that's what we... Let's dive yeah. right into it, because I got so much to say about all of these beautiful, beautiful people. <laughs> this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode, A Night at the Opera. <laughs> it is the ninth episode of season three. It was written by Leslie Ray and David Stephen Simon, and directed by Shelley Jensen. Here's how iTunes describes the episode. When the Banks family members appear as guests on the Oprah Winfrey show, a television talk show. Oh, good. As if good we to don't know. know. Good their, to know. Their personal bickering causes an uproar in the studio. John, is that accurate? That is so accurate, I would say that's the only thing that happens at this show, because yeah. there is barely a story. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, this is not a plot dense. Last week we did a Night Court episode, and there was, <laughs> there was a bit of plot in that. We couldn't uh-huh. really just scoot through it but two weeks ago we did a monsters episode that was just herman plays baseball <laughs> and that's all that was whereas like yeah this as you said starts off with uh we find out that phil is running to be a superior court judge and so he has an ad that that will who let's unpack this how old is will okay so this is I, what we are trying to figure out i could not figure out because i'm sitting there and so when I would would have watched this show uh, when, in, in syndication in the 90s, Will was just older. Yeah. You know, it's that vague when you're a he kid. Is, I'm a kid. He's older. He's a teenager. Like DJ is always older than me on Full yes. House. But now I'm watching it and I am like, hold, hold up. How old is he? Yeah. And I'm also like, how old is Hillary? Yeah. Because I guess she is out of school. I guess because of the, an episode earlier this year was her go, getting a job at a TV station, and I think that's yeah. where she meets this Trevor Is guy. he an anchor? Yes, I do. I love... So, I... That... Uh, <laughs> you were asked me to look for some favorite characters. Loved Trevor. <laughs> and I also loved that they did not say that he is a TV anchor in this episode, but he signs off his phone calls like a yeah. TV anchor, and I was like, 100% yes. Yeah. Also, is Trevor the one that dies in a skydiving accident? Oh my god, does that happen? That's a plot I remember. She gets engaged, and then, I'm pretty sure it's Trevor, they're watching him skydive, and he splats on the ground. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty that's sure. That's like a Seinfeld plot twist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happens They Trevor. They malfunction uh, licking envelopes to Trevor? I think so. To Hillary's fiancé? I think he did that before it uh, happened to Susan. Oh my I god. Think. I'm pretty sure. I could be wildly off base, but I definitely do remember that, and her not being that face by I'm gonna hope that that... That's true. I'm going to sure. hope that Seinfeld, Seinfeld's <laughs> edgiest plot twist was actually stolen from Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel-Air. Years earlier. Uh, and a much more gruesome way, too. Truly. So, um, but yeah, so like, Will, they are still in the prep school because he's, he's Will... He's wearing the jacket. He's wearing the jacket inside out, which I remember is a plot point from an earlier episode where he first enrolls in the school that uh-huh. Carlton goes to and he starts wearing his jacket inside out and then everyone else does, too. And then Carlton's like, no. He looks... Great. Yeah. That jacket is awesome. I was, I was sitting there. I really was like, um, so I was, uh, before I came here, I, I was at, seeing a, a movie in Williamsburg and it filled with people dressed very cool. And I was just like, that, that look, he yeah. could walk down the street in Brooklyn Timeless. right now. Oh, this entire show, honestly, could just like <laughs> walk, leap out of the TV and just walk anywhere. It's I all. guess we are very fully in, I guess it's been going for, for a couple of years now, but yeah, fully I mean, 90s nostalgia fashion. Yeah, everyone looks like girls are just dressing like 
Courtney Love meets Sabrina the Teenage Witch <laughs> yes. all over the place, and it's very and it's interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, the opening is that uh, the remixed commercial. Hi, I'm Philip Banks, and I'm running for Superior Court Judge. 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 <laughs> Which is fine. There's there's some stuff that I liked in there. Uh, I liked Uncle yeah. Phil's uh, performance. I liked uh, is Avery. No, what's his name? James Avery. James Avery. I want to say Avery. The Brooks. late great James Avery. Wait, no, he's still. Wait, did he die recently? I, am I crazy? I don't think. Am I confusing him with Reginald Val Johnson? No, I think they're both still alive. I uh, think. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let me just. Uh, let me just. Because uh... I think everyone was showing the clip that you know the big the famous clip with why why doesn't he love me and talking about how warm a character Original. Uncle Uncle Phil was. Let me just look up Reginald. Come on. Reginald Bell Johnson is still alive. Thank he is, God. He's only 65. Thank God. I'm very wow. glad. Wow. Uh, and then James Avery? I think he's dead. James Avery may refer to actor. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, he did die. When When did he pass? 2013. Yeah. I I, yeah, I I remember everyone. For some reason, I thought he was still oh, well known. He was sadder. Yeah, I know because he's, he's so good. He really is. Yeah, that's I, that is the thing about. I mean, we can talk about this. Like, I think that this show would still work without Will Smith. Oh yeah. Well, that is the that is the sign of this being a truly great show. Is that the way they craft. The way they crafted it, because you hear like, "Hey, this guy's a rapper that kids like. Let's make him a let's give him yeah. a sitcom." That sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> like that's not gonna fly. No. The only way it would fly is if you surrounded him with equally awesome characters and performers. Well, Uncle Uncle Phil's great, and then like, um, Carlton and Hillary are wonderful characters. I they're very much upper class. Um, uh, 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 the Bundy siblings. Yeah. Ditsy and nerd, yeah. although, you know, a di- difference, but they're very much like in those archetypes. But I was watching, because I was really thinking like how well all the family f- fit in. Um, but, uh, what is Tatiana Ali, what, what is her character? What is Ashley's game? Just uh, she's the young one? Sweet and inf- impressionable, I think. She I looks think, up to Phil, uh, yeah, to Will. To Will, yeah. Okay. That so makes they have sense. kind of like an Uncle Jesse Michelle relationship, maybe at times. She's she might be in a weird age where yeah. in this episode the show doesn't fully know what to do with her. Because I think yeah, because I mean that is kind of the problem of like the youngest kid. Yeah. Because like you're because like in some cases you're waiting to see like how good of an actor are they going to be in five <laughs> years? Like what are they going to do? Because uh, I think like the youngest kids are always the most ill defined. Like DJ on Roseanne. Mm. Who what is uh, Mark on Home Improvement? They're like, well, that's why they made him a goth, like in season seven, is because well, like who to, is he? But then I like, well, I'm trying to think of like some other, Dewey. How about Dewey and Malcolm in the Middle? What did he become? Wasn't he? Uh, he was always just a weird, weird. Kid. He was just weird. That's the thing is like they either make them super cool or super weird because like I think if you give them a very clear archetype at the beginning yeah. as a child and not just the child. You have a much easier time doing it. I will say, like, I think that Phil, Carlton, and Hillary, the three of them, and their those performances are all so good. And honestly, like, almost as iconic as Will. Because I it yeah. is it speaks really well to Fresh Prince that when you think Fresh Prince, you equally think Carlton, Hillary, Uncle Phil, 
Oh, and will they give a they give a Carlton dance break in yeah, there? They almost, make a point to get it in there. No reason. It's just he hears the Oprah Winfrey theme and just goes to town. Um, so after the cold open, where the cold open ends with one of those great. Uh, Phil gets really mad, cut away to, like, the outside door, and then Will getting thrown. Yes. Out. Thrown. Stuffed animal Will Smith gets yeah. thrown. Thrown out. Uh, it wasn't a terrible dummy, I will say. I've seen much worse dummies yeah. getting thrown out windows in sitcoms. It's re- it was such a good, and that happens a lot, too. Yes. That definitely happens a lot. It's, it was that's a really funny gag. And then we get the opening credits, and we have yeah. to talk about the opening credits and the theme, which I don't think has changed for all five years. Why they, would you? They hit on, I'll make the claim, greatest opening credits sequence of all time. Um, it, I, I would say, I would say this, um, I, I play this very fun, dumb bar game with, with friends where, uh, uh, and I invite everyone to play it. I think it's very fun. <laughs> Think of a top 10 category. Yeah. Google, find a top 10 list. Then you tell, you tell your friends what, uh, uh, what, when it was published mm-hmm. and what year it came out. So if it's mm. like top 10 best TV married couples published yeah. in Entertainment Weekly in 2012. Yeah. Uh, then people go around and try to guess it. If you were doing, I don't know if I'd call this, this, uh, uh, this, the, greatest theme song of all time but i would say if some if i was playing that game and the list was best theme songs of all time it would be one of the first i guessed because i would imagine it would be on every Mm -hmm. single list i think that it is the fact that okay we both do improv yeah we both came up in this how many times have you heard the fresh prince theme song i've used it it's like just doing hot spot as an improv warm-up i fucking comes up all the time any any Improv set. I feel like if you go to an improv show, uh-huh. one out of ten is going to have the Fresh Prince theme in it at some point. I, I, um, <laughs> I used to do. This is so cool. I used to do comedic tours around New York City um, on a tour bus, and it was all like they had comedians hosting it, and they had the people on the street. I won't say their name because I. Whatever, I'm not a huge fan of the company, but I'm not going to give them any promotion. Mm, I think I know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the one that exists. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, watch difficult people this season. <laughs> there might be a joke about it. Do they? If yes, if this is the same, I'm sure it comedy is. bus tour of Manhattan. It's the, it's the ride. <laughs> They're all around New York. Yeah, there's a joke um, on it. I, I will it's say, pretty great. I will say, people on the buses, the audience have a great time, but. Uh, uh, I never, I didn't leave on the best terms with the managers. No, no one did. Uh, no, no one did. I learned my I've lesson. Heard from so many horror stories. All the warnings from previous employees <laughs> that I got. But um, but uh, one time, so there were a lot of like genuinely great freestyle rappers yeah. that I was working working with, and once um, one of them challenged me. Uh, uh, he had just done. We were stuck in traffic. And the um, other host breaks into this amazing freestyle rap. Then he goes, okay, uh, what are, I forget my character's name, but John, now you go. The whole audience turns their heads and I just went, West Philadelphia, born and raised. And the whole audience applauded and yeah, yeah, cheered. And I went, thank <laughs> God for the Fresh Prince theme song so I could get out of that pickle. Like, the Fresh Prince theme, helping white people rap <laughs> effortlessly. <laughs> Since 1999, 1991. I mean, it's great. The song is catchy it as is hell. So, like that's it's it is maybe a legitimately like great single. Like it's so good, so catchy. 
Like, I, myself, I love opening credits. I love mm-hmm. sitcom opening credits. The only detriment to this opening title sequence is that you don't see the, the actor's name with their face. Oh. Because I'm very much a proponent of, like, when the name yeah. is on the screen, I want to see them. I want to get, uh, like, Parks and Rec. You get, mm-hmm. like, a good, like, three-second really distillation of who that character yeah. is. Like, Adam Scott's like, why are you looking at me? Ron Swanson is, like, posing with a gun. Like... Uh, I I I mean great. I always loved the uh, you know the family matters. Um, who is mm-hmm. who is the brother's friend? Waldo Faldo. Like was it? Oh, is it the brother? What was the brother's name? Uh, Eddie. Is Eddie. Eddie. It's Eddie definitely Eddie. Yeah. I always remember him shooting a basket, then smiling at the camera. Yeah. That's my go-to '90s yeah. sitcom look to camera. I loved them. My old improv team, Iron Ruckus, used to do a bit where we would just like do that we would like re- we would recreate like like you're like stabbing someone and then you like you notice the camera and then like hi like you like do the smile oh my god that might that... be a great improv warm-up yeah. to dist uh, can you distill distill a character game into three seconds of an opening <laughs> credits theme clip yeah. just we try to do like the grossest dirtiest thing that we could think of and then like do the like <laughs> notice and like hi like um so i think it is a fantastic theme song it really enters like gets mm. you into mm. the world it like it's the pilot it's like watching the pilot every time you watch well, the yeah. show because it's just right there it's the gilgan's island it's that old classic here's the plot Here but it it's funny it's catchy i i always love the shot of the police officer coming up to will and then he went while he's doing graffiti yeah and then will smith does that great silent comedian like what i'm yeah. just a this is spray on deodorant. Yeah. What? So great. I love that. This <laughs> is the dumbest gag, and it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Uh, so we definitely we saw that, and then we started the episode proper, um, which starts off with them like with all them coming back from school. Or no, yeah. it's Hillary, it's Carlton, and Will coming back, and I guess Ashley coming back from school. Oh, I assumed it was the morning. Or is it the morning? I assumed they were going to school. Well, they're asking, like, can Will come back in the house? Well, I thought it was... Did he spend the night out there? I I assume... Because I was actually surprised. I thought the opening, uh, cold open, was going to be a fully self-contained little sketch. Oh, yeah, not... So so when they were like, can Will come back inside, I thought it was like... So Phil's still angry about the... ramifications. So I assumed it was like he had to spend the night out there. Yeah, I could... Yeah. Oh, he definitely spent the night out there. 100%. (laughs) Um, but this is, this gets us to the, the Oprah Winfrey phone call, <laughs> which got like, they're at the house, the phone rings, is it Will answers it, and he says that it's... Oh, who is it? Some chicken here talking about she from the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, 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 that would be for me. Uh, yes. Well, first he had the great, no, great non-joke of, you got, you got a funny character on a sitcom, he's gotta answer the phone funny. Uh-huh. So he answers it as... Home of the Whopper, what's your beef? (laughs) (laughs) Which even the Fresh Prince uh, uh, audience gives kind of a tepid response to. Okay, (laughs) still waiting for the plot to pick up. (laughs) That's a placeholder joke. Um, And it turns out like it's actually the phone calls for Trevor, because Hillary and Trevor have shown up, because we find out later he's living in the pool house with her. Secret. 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 That gets revealed in a big moment. Secret scandalous relationship, because again, (laughs) how old is she? That I need. We need to look that 18. up because well, they said be she lost her job. Did did Hillary drop out of school? Is that a plot? Oh man, see that's. Ugh. 
I wasn't aware that Fresh Prince was doing all this like deep character arc building stuff. I didn't realize until we got into it. It's like, oh, this is clearly well. I you know we there's so much conversation now about um uh well if you <laughs> listen to very nerdy podcasts um, like this one <laughs> about television about the the um the lack of episodes the the yeah. death in the binging culture and the TV as novel uh the lack of a an episodic story. This feels almost modern in that. This does not have an episode story. This is just a chunk of the campaign story. Of a campaign story thing arc. that we discover. Because, like, Sherman Helmsley plays his mm. main rival, which we don't see him in this episode. Nope. But he plays that character, so he comes back at some point. Yep. And Hillary met Trevor in a previous episode. And here he is. Uh, so, like, Trevor, basically, like, he had already told Hillary, <laughs> you guys are going to be on the Oprah Winfrey show. Because as soon as he hangs up... Hillary already knows all the details. Excitement! What? <laughs> no, it's not as excitement. We're all going to be on Oprah. <laughs> We're all going to be on Oprah. <laughs> also, so does Will. It almost feels like something oh, yeah. was cut for time. Oh yeah, because uh, Phil and Vivian come in. And Will's already like, we're going to be on the Oprah Renfe show. And <laughs> Which we did not we see him get not, told. We did not get know told. that. We didn't know. I think they just said, I think Hillary just said, uh, Trevor's ex works on the Oprah Winfrey show. <laughs> well, that's I, all I see. Can I ask you, was this, what do you think? Was this episode written before or after? What, what, did the story come first or did Oprah will do the show come first? Oh, Oprah will do the show came first. Came, like that, it I is, feel a hundred, like, it is a very, it is a little shoehorned in. Yeah, because I don't think you, even in 1992, Oprah Winfrey is the biggest star yeah. on television. So I don't think that you write, hey, yeah, we're going to write an Oprah episode. Uh, she'll do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think Oprah, like, I think Oprah probably, like, liked the show or maybe they, the cast had been on Oprah and she was like, oh, I would totally do it. You know, yeah. I feel like they had to backdoor manage, like, figure out how we're going to get Oprah into an episode. And it's a kind of, it's, it's not super clunky. I mean, it's, Oprah's doing an episode about political families, which is a thing she would do. We have the campaign arc, so it fits in nicely with that. We have set it's, up that Hillary's dating a TV anchor. So it is feasible that his ex would know, be working on the Oprah Winfrey show. I will say, in the, 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 um, uh, uh, justification for them, them going on the Oprah Winfrey show is not, is not clunky. It's really the rush to explain what is happening in that opening yeah. scene that feels very Because weird. it's very quick, and then Will gets super excited, runs away, and then Trevor is like, they realize, oh no, it's only the immediate family. It's only the five of them. Will <laughs> cannot come, because even though he's been living with them for two and a half years, is not a member of the immediate family. So it's just like, get an extra seat. Can like, we talk about the like, complete illogic? So the the premise of this week's, uh, this day's episode of Oprah Winfrey is politicians and their family and how it affects their family they have a guy running for office running for superior judge and his um uh, disadvantaged nephew oh yeah has come from the inner city to live with him in bel-air <sighs> and the oprah winfrey producers are like oh yeah we don't want that guy on want, the show we don't want that story nonsense because that makes phil look great yes which is, which is part of what i mean uh, when they get there finally, uh, and Will, like, sitting in the audience, he, like, brings that up a bunch of, like... I have a question for, for Senator Lloyd. Um, Senator, let's say that, you know, you had a young, urban, handsome nephew. W would you let him come on the Oprah Winfrey show with you? And then Oprah has to be like, uh, I think I'm picking up on something here. It does seem weird that they went with the idea that this would hurt the campaign, that they, like... 
that this is the the plot they came up yeah. with for their Oprah episode. I can see I could see if they justified it as no will when last time I let you in on my mm. campaign, you fucked up my campaign ad by editing it. So this is your your punishment. I could I could it would make more sense if Trevor got all of them tickets and Phil was like, "No, as part of your punishment still, you're not going to be on the show." Like oh. that makes more sense, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah, he'd punished him and then Will was somehow still angry about the punishment and somehow brought it up on air. Yeah, like that makes But it is it's very odd that they're like like it's a <laughs> well this, the whole episode I'm like I'm like this clear fight is going on. Yeah. Oprah pivot. That's yeah, what that that's, that's what your episode of talk show is about. <laughs> she eventually does and we talked well we can get to it later but yeah. the restraint when an on-air fight Physical fist fight happens. The camera doesn't follow. The Oprah camera guys do not follow the action. No. Because this is 92. The Jerry Springer explosion <laughs> hadn't. This is still six years away from that. I guess. Uh, so, like, they now have to break the news to Will that he mm-hmm. can't be on it. And Vivian doesn't want to. Phil chickens out. I really like when they're flying to Chicago. There's this great cutaway of stock footage. That's my. That joke made me laugh. Harder than anything the whole episode. Yeah, of like all of a sudden, so it's just stock footage of a plane flying, and you hear voiceover. Excuse me, sir, are you Will Smith? Uh, yes, do it. Is. Your family asked me to speak to you. Basically, Will just starts flirting with her, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, hey, if I get to look at you for the entire trip, it's gonna be great." Like, and she's like, "More something or other." Like, she just she's totally. Like, oh, would you like your pillow fluff? She's totally. Like, taken over by the suaveness, doesn't tell. The thing is, I loved what I initially thought the joke was going to be. Because we set up that everyone in the family doesn't want to break the news to, to Will. He's so excited. They don't want don't want to be the one, and so they keep putting it off. We'll tell him tomorrow morning. Yeah. We'll tell him later. We'll just tell him on the plane. Hard cut to, are you Will? I'm the stewardess. Your family wants me to tell you something. Yeah. I thought it was just going to cut from there to Will brokenhearted. Yeah, I God, that'd be... The, <laughs> the cold cal- callousness of asking a flight attendant <laughs> to break the news is so funny to me. Yeah, that's a great... I mean, even though it didn't go that way, like, the fact that that was the Im- implication is... But yeah, they play it more so the joke that Will, like, even she her. can't tell him. Yeah. But I can I back up just a second? Yeah, yeah. What is the weird thing where... Um, that morning, the, the conversation right before the plane that leads into that stock footage, we see Aunt Vivian walks in, um, Uncle Phil is on the couch in his robe. Yeah. And she says, what, why aren't you dressed? We have to, we have to leave in an hour. And he says, there's plenty of time. Yeah. Did they just have not have time to get James Avery dressed for that scene? Yeah. Cause that's, there's, there's no, no point for, purpose that, for that. That goes nowhere. That's not a character game of his. He's not, like, always running late to things. Do they... And he's, he's like... Yeah, he's very cast, like, oh, don't worry about it. Which I, like... He's gonna be on the Oprah Winfrey show. This is gonna be great for his campaign. Yeah. Why is he not dressed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, that must have been... I could... Maybe it's a thing of... Okay, uh, writing in my head. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, uh, the show... The tape night was going so long. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, don't... We don't have time to, like, get him in an outfit. Like, it's going to take, like, you know, five minutes to put a suit on. Just get, put on a robe, go out there, we'll just tape the scene real quick. I have a weird, I I have a weird guess that they, because they shot, now, do you think they shot this in Chicago? At Oprah's actual set? That doesn't look like her, it looks close enough to her set, but looks like a multicam version of her set. I feel like she came out 
to it's, LA for this. It's definitely probably not her set because we yeah. see her office. The the office, which is clearly oh, not a real office. Yes. This is a, we're not turning into um uh 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 Larry Sanders show right here. This is not a shift to film, and we see the nope. backstage of a real office. No, when this they is, get off after the plane cutaway, the very first thing of them arriving in Chicago is them walking to the Oprah Winfrey uh-huh. backstage, and it is a combination like. Lobby, craft services, Oprah's makeup room, all in one area. The entire (laughs) office for the Oprah Winfrey show is almost the size of my apartment, and then a studio, a giant studio. I love, like, they walk over and they see, like, Oprah's, like, makeup chair. Yeah. And it's like, she's right, she sits right here. She doesn't have a makeup, she no, does not have her own makeup room. She has a <laughs> chair right next to the uh, the door where the guests enter. Yeah. Um, I, but I had a guess that maybe they filmed the Oprah stuff first, and then they something happened to the suit Phil wore. Oh, that could see that. So they're like, oh, crap, we don't have that close. But it is, it's... I mean, this is just a very, like, I guess a writerly thing that I noticed that. And I was like, what was the purpose of yeah, that why line? why would you even put that in? Like, you're writing the script and you're like, ooh, I got it. Phil's still in his robe. Yeah. And I also feel like even if they hadn't called it out, I would not have... No, I wouldn't have noticed have it. I haven't noticed it at all. But, That's weird. Um, there are a couple of really good jokes when right before they go on the show. Like, first of all, we get what we thought was going to be a B-plot. Uh, um, we see Alexis, Trevor's ex... And she's just like Chicago Hillary. I am so was, disappointed we didn't explore that further. It was so good because she comes out and it's an account on the actress's name, but she's just doing her best Hillary impression. <laughs> she's wearing the hat, the like short skirt suit, like, and then they have a, you know, a great meeting where they both mm. see each other. They both like do synchronized like eye rolls to the person behind <laughs> them. She leaves and Hillary's like, I don't know. So that's Trevor's old girlfriend, huh? <sighs> yeah. Wonder what he ever saw in her. <laughs> That's such a good. It's, I I have such a sweet spot for sitcom uh, main uh, regular character doppelganger plots. Oh, so did you watch the Parks and Rec season where they all had those? No, I have it was like season six, I think. That's after I've only seen one through four point five, uh, yeah. halfway through five. Because they merge uh, Pawnee and Eagleton, and so oh. all the Eagleton counterparts come. I and, might have actually seen that. Yeah. I just. That is Seinfeld. You know, every show, if they run oh, long the enough. Bizarro Jerry. They're gonna do that at some point. Yeah. And I always love it because it always gets some guest actor doing an impression. Oh, there's a great episode of News Radio where uh, BB Newworth comes in as Vicki Lewis's That's doppelganger. Perfect. And she's like single white femaling her the entire time. That and is it's great. Uh, so yeah, that joke was so good. <laughs> and I also, and it goes with my other, another thing. It, Ties into one of my other favorite things of like finding out your significant other has a either dated mm-hmm. all people exactly like you or b all people not like you but yeah. all the same and I always like that joke yep. as well. Yep, I love that. <laughs> uh, then we uh, get to Oprah. Then Oprah shows up and we both gasped. Yes, <laughs> when Oprah shows up on this. I am, and that means you must be... Ashley! Because I was, like, picking this sitcom, this episode out, I was, like, trying to remain spoiler-free about whether or not Oprah actually shows up. 
Because, like, it's a roll of the dice whether or not Oprah's actually going to be in the It could have been one of those things where, like, we see them going in, we cut to, well, that was a disaster. Yeah. or the whole episode is about them not being able to get to the oh, show. Oh, yes. Like, there's so many ways. <laughs> it's the Chinese restaurant Seinfeld episode. Yeah. But I have referenced Seinfeld multiple times as if that's the only sitcom I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's one of three, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so, so when she showed up, it's just this... <gasps> It's yeah. Oprah. It's Oprah in a sitcom. And then we get to see Oprah in a sitcom for the rest of the episode, for like the next like set piece. And it's like just, there's a, there are scenes with Will Smith and Oprah Winfrey doing a sitcom together. <laughs> and it's, it's similar to on this podcast when I did Family Ties mm-hmm. and I did Tom Hanks and Michael J. Fox oh, yeah. doing scenes together. And it's like, this is two of the biggest movie stars of all time in a sitcom before either of them was the biggest movie star of all time. So, I so Will Smith, I would say, um, arguably the biggest movie star in on the in the entire planet for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey, clearly one of the we- is she the wealthiest woman in the entire planet? I think yeah. I mean, I um, think that she is one of the few women in like the Forbes top one hundred. Uh, I have to imagine. I don't know exactly what her. Uh, um, how well-known she is outside of America, I am sure massively yeah, well-known. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, uh, so that is, and, but this, like, we're not there yet. This is 92? Yeah. She's, I mean, they're both She's, obviously incredibly famous. She is there. He is on his way there. Yeah, he hasn't done, like, I think it, it like, he's a, a megastar, but it, it'll it take, you know, the, the one-two punch of Independence Day and Men, Men in Black, Black to make him... Yeah. The biggest person on planet Earth, yeah. but it is it is so like the just the idea of like they're talking to each other. <laughs> These are two people who, by the end of the decade, this was shot. This is ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. By the end of that decade, these two people will you could make a case that this is the most famous man and woman <laughs> yeah. in the entire country, possibly, possibly the, the planet. Yeah. Yep. That's. <laughs> And they're doing silly jokes about Phil Donahue. As a matter of fact, here. Oh, what's this? Two free tickets to the Donahue show. (laughs) Tell Phil Oprah said hi. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's, and and why weren't like, you know, so like uh, Oprah's comedy chops, what do we think? Because she mostly does dramatic stuff. I wanted them to give her, I was a little, I was a little disappointed well, I think this goes into my main disappointment about the episode is that, and and I I could have been like, let's say I time traveled to the writers' room and heard this pitch, I might have thought it was an interesting idea. But ninety percent of the episode is just an Oprah Winfrey episode. Mm-hmm. It is, um, it's all uh, we get a couple of scenes, including just voiceover over stock footage of a plane. Yeah, <laughs> um, before they're on air. Then one scene after the episode, I was really expecting more about like, um, well, I, I was shocked when the episode was done. Yeah. I the- thought there was going to be a, like, fi- Will somehow gets himself back on the show Ooh. to fix the problems yeah. he's made. I don't know how that was going to happen. I was eager to find out. <laughs> but like, um, so she is really just doing what Oprah Winfrey does. She's yeah. hosting a show and even in her um maybe this has something to do with her uh uh ironclad grip on her public persona 
but she is playing herself. Yep. Yeah. So, and it's much like compare this to Oprah Winfrey on Thirty Rock, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious. Of course, that has the twist that this is ac- that was actually a little girl who uh, Liz was hallucinating with <laughs> yeah, Oprah yeah. Winfrey, <laughs> but like she. I don't know. She is such... She's barely a character. She gets a... Well, we both know it was a very weird introduction to Viv. Because yes. backstage before oh, the yeah. show... Uh, again, is, the serialization. Viv is pregnant. Which, again, like... She's... I mean, I guess like looking back, she is wearing a lot of, like, flowier shirts. Yeah. But again, like... It's the 90s. It's like, not really, not really. And so when... <laughs> When they're backstage before the taping, Viv, like, comes up, and they're all, like, starstruck, obviously. Mm. It's Oprah. And uh, Viv says, like, I'm your biggest fan. I'm a very big fan. Ooh, you sure are. You sure are. It's my pleasure. She, like, touches Viv's stomach, stomach, which is a huge leap, I would say. Because, like, Viv doesn't look that pregnant. And then also, just in general... Strangers touching your stomach, but then again, like it's Oprah. Like I don't, I would probably let Oprah do anything. Oh, absolutely! Like, it's like eh, she's Oprah. <laughs> this is her apartment now. Yeah. Sure. Yes, yeah. Oprah. It's okay, yours. Bye, Oprah. It's your your podcast, please. It is. Well, so I did not know that Aunt Vivian was pregnant. I only knew because of looking at Wikipedia summaries of previous episodes. Because she does not read to it. me. The clothes don't. Mm-hmm. She's not showing in a huge way. It's not like a kind of thing where it's like. Oh, this this actress or this character is so pregnant. We need to reference it. Yeah, Oprah's got to point this out. This it is. I mean, we could say that logically, Oprah probably has some knowledge about her guests. She might know, but she never brings it up yeah. on the show that they have another ch- child on the way. But it's I. There was a couple seconds where I honestly thought so much of you know of Oprah's public persona has to do with her weight fluctuations and her mm. her battling with dieting. I thought she was weirdly referencing that oh, and God. calling Aunt Viv chubby. I was so off-put that by that moment. So and then you were like, oh, Aunt Viv's pregnant. And I was like, oh. Thank God. It was Thank so God. strange. <laughs> like, I made an audible, like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a really great moment backstage before they go on where the Oprah Winfrey theme starts playing and Carlton dances. <laughs> Just, I, I, I watched Oprah every day. Like, I would get home from high school, middle school, high school, and I would watch Oprah literally, I would watch it every day. Uh-huh. And so, like, that theme song, which is specifically, like, her 80s, early 90s theme song, the da 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 <laughs> and Carlton is dancing, and it just like made me feel so nice, like happy to hear that song. Well, it's so funny. This is another point where like my lack of. Uh, so I don't think I ever watched um, a full episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show. Um, that was like I missed that mm-hmm. boom of talk shows because I was just a little too young. Like they yeah. were talking about serious issues and I didn't care. I knew eventually would know that Jerry Springer occasionally had pixelated nudity and that was exciting. For uh, me. Yeah. I was obsessed yeah. with Jerry Springer. And too hot for TV. Oh my. I didn't recognize the Oprah theme song at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. So I, and it's not pardon to anyone who is rightfully offended by this, not hugely different from the Quincy Jones uh, interstitial music for Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I can see that. So I initially thought that this is just an example of people of the Carlton dance. Let's just put some music. I thought he was imagining it. He was so happy to be in this location that he was imagining a song that we, the audience, was hearing and he was just dancing. Going no, that is the great Oprah. Because uh, after that, it goes. To, she adopted the like I'm every woman. Oh so yes, she did that for a while. That I think. Yeah. I think I would know an Oprah theme song more from like a SNL parody mm-hmm. that would yeah. have a quick shot. So I would recognize that. I'm more. pretty sure I know this because I'll toot my own horn for a second. Mm-hmm. In 1990 or 1991, so only like a year before this, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were on Oprah to promote their viral superstar sh- Brett White shells video. <laughs> which when I was, you know, when I was like six. I uh-huh. saw that tour. My mom, rec- I remember my mom recorded that on VHS <laughs> so I could watch it. And then it sat in my, uh, my VHS entertainment center in my bedroom until high school where I, I one night, me and my friends were hanging out. We were bored and we took it out, put it in and mm-hmm. high schoolers watching it. We immediately like found like double entendres and like weird, obscure. <laughs> we also, kn- we could like remove from the innocence of childhood, could see like this is a ridiculous cash grab. <laughs> Involving like malfunctioning out uh, animatronics and a total pivot away from violence towards like pizza and uh, friendship, and so I then became a ritual where I would every time a new person came over to my house, all through college too, mm-hmm. we would watch Turtles on Oprah. So that theme song is like just in my head, and then I uploaded it to YouTube. Shared it. How many views did that? And it, I mean, it had like a six hundred thousand or something. Like it had a lot. A couple of years. I haven't checked it in a couple of years. It's amazing. If people listen to this haven't watched it, it's amazing. Go watch it. I'll ask you, have you ever seen um, similar? There was an arena tour for Mortal Kombat. No. And um, they, to, to promote it, they had some of the actors go on. I forget what new show it was, but I saw clips. And if you think... <laughs> The pivot away from violence that the turtles had to do oh, was belabored and difficult. The watching those poor because they're stuntmen. Also, they don't want to be doing this. Mortal and then, Kombat is only about fighting. No, it is only about graphic, violent fighting, ripping people's spinal cords out, and watching a guy in a a Raiden costume, some <laughs> poor stuntman in a Raiden costume on some like morning oh. TV show, have to be like, "We're here to promote." Athletics in young people <laughs> is one of the funniest things I've ever and seen. Finishing things like yeah. how I finished him. Um, so speaking of violence, we do get uh, so like the talk show turns uh-huh. to like Will's asking inappropriate, well not like aggressive questions from the audience about like put me up there. Oprah figures it out. He joins him on stage, and then it comes out that like Trevor's living in the pool house, and like Hillary gets into a fight with Carlton. Uh, Uncle Phil is just like tense and angry the entire time a guy from the audience like raises his hand and then starts basically like calls will's mom an idiot well if you ask me your whole damn family is crazy I, I, now, see, brother, if we was in Philly, it might have to be something. But we on TV, and I believe Martin's philosophy, nonviolent, so I'm a chill. I'm a chill. And if your mama sent you out here to live with them, then she's crazy, too. <laughs> hey, man, don't nobody talk about my mother, man! <laughs> very... Ag- very aggressively. I, I, did the Oprah audience ever get that aggressive? I don't know. But then Will, like, jumps up, charges him, and they fight off-screen. 
And, you know, this is six years before Jerry Springer, yes. where that camera, that's the whole point of that show, is mm-hmm. the fighting. Mm-hmm. This, they like, uh, they don't, they cut to commercial. Um, it just made me think about how that talk show culture of the 90s, it doesn't exist anymore, really. No. And it's really, it's, we're now so far removed from it that it is so fascinating to think back to that. Yeah. To that era. Well, so this would, so Springer wasn't on yet, but Morton Downey was on. Mm. Um, and that, you know, proto uh, Springer. So, so they absolutely, that kind of aggressive yeah. trash talk show was around. Um, I, I do, I, I think I was recently trying to have a, a, trying to think like, what is the equivalent of that now? Uh, so you watch, I'm sure there's YouTube stuff. I think it's like Real Housewives. I think it's the Real Housewives stuff. I think that's what fills the void. Absolutely. Yeah. That, Uh, because the reason that we watch all those talk shows, in some cases, was the tawdry, trashy fighting of it. Yeah. And tawdry, trashy fighting is. She's been sleeping with her stepfather. Let's bring him out. Yeah. Like, so it's, that's so fascinating. Um,. And then, uh, wait, the episode ends with, uh, Phil's, uh, points falling down. Or his... He falls eight points. Eight which points. That, that is huge in a local election, which probably, well, I don't know if they, well, it's 92, so it's a, it's a presidential election year, so mm-hmm. people will be at the polls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is November 8th, you said? Yeah, that's part of my trivia. Which Ew. we can move to the trivia portion. Oh so my goodness! Uh, I don't really have that much interesting <laughs> stuff, but I don't know. We do. We do end with the final joke that Judge Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Will gives his big like, "I'm sorry, Uncle Phil, but you know you'll You're be fine. Great. You took me into your You're home. good man. This looks great." <laughs> Judge Robertson has nothing to compete with that. And then the off, off, unseen uh, uh, voiceover from the TV news anchor. And in a related story, Judge Carl Robertson announced today that he is adopting 12 ghetto youths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Like, that's it, the it, end like, of the Will, episode. Will's like, oh, guess not. Like, that's it. Like, there's no happy ending. No, no, absolutely not. It is a whoops And bummer. also the fact that we are we were only just watching this episode removed from context. Yeah. We, were, we were only half sure it was part of a larger storyline. So you could see like, oh, this was just the end of their done in one episode of like, yeah. oh, that's a, just a bummer ending. <laughs> like, this is the episode where uh, uh, we'll Phil's just, running for office. And, and it all gets ruined because of a faulty trip to the preacher. Uh, so yeah, movie, uh, trivia, woo! Uh, to the house about seven or eight, and I yelled to the cabbie, yo home, smell you later, looked at my kingdom, I was finally there, to sit on my throne as the prince of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bel Air. So this episode was watched by 23.6 million people. Wow, add two. Yeah. Add two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I noticed, like, going through, because I wanted to see if there was a spike because this was an Oprah episode. Because they definitely oh, had question. to have marketed it as oh, Oprah. Oh, I'm sure. And I learned that, no, like, it was it was pulling in 23.6 million viewers, like, on average around that time. So it didn't even get a bump. Yeah, it was kind of... Um, but I noticed by going back and looking at previous weeks is that it bounced around. It aired on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Monday was its normal night, but it did that because... There were election specials for Perot and Clinton that kept preempting it uh, on Monday nights. Why wasn't Bush in them? Bush didn't. Uh, I, maybe he had other nights, but like there was a Monday night that it was. Well, these are specials, just like special yeah, like, hour-long on, on interviews. A Monday, like the Monday before. So I guess because the Tuesday right before that, this is the first episode aired like in the with Clinton as incoming president. Because the election was November 3rd. Oh, it was early. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the episode was, so the, uh, so like on November 2nd, the night before the election, there was a night of, um, two networks were airing Perot specials, and one, and NBC, I think, was airing a Clinton special, or something like that. And then the week before that was a Fresh Prince episode, but the week before that was a, like, Vote 92, like, <laughs> new, it might have been a debate night or something. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that was, like, interesting to me to think, like, Fresh Prince, like, this is the first episode aired with Clinton as the elected president. Wow. President-elect Clinton. Now, I have to imagine, when they were <laughs> breaking this season and finding the, the we gotta have the season arc, Yeah, they they probably planned this campaign because it was an election year, Yeah, right? I could see that, yeah. Because when they go to the end, they're talking about, like, polls and stuff. Yeah. They're thinking, like... There's no way people weren't watching this in 92 and like being like, yeah, I can see. Okay, I know. It's so interesting about. then that this aired after the election. Yeah. I would have assumed if that was their plan, they would have tried to wrap it up around the same Earlier. time. Because I, like, by the end of an election year, you've gone this is, through. This is the ninth episode of the season. You can do a nice chunk of a oh, yeah. arc in nine episodes, but they didn't. Um, people must have been really tired of campaign stuff. Yeah, like, stuff. dear God, stop it. Um, 60 Minutes was the number one show that week, of course. Mm. Um, so for the season, Fresh Prince was 18th for the season. Wow. How, how did that compare to its, uh, former seasons? Oh, um, I, the, I also forgot to say, this was the number 12 most watched show the week it aired. Oh. So the Oprah episode was the number 12 most watched. For the average, it was 18th for that season, which I think is, like, pretty high for it. I think it did fall as it went on. It's so funny we're talking about 22, we're just tossing around that number, 22 million. No show gets near that today. No. Um, a successful sitcom now, well, like Big Bang Theory gets like 16 million or so, so. That's the, that is number one. Yeah, that's, that's number one. the biggest one. sitcom in the world. Like, you know, TV shows get renewed now. <clears throat> like, I was looking at The Office's uh-huh. ratings, and I, cause I realized, oh, The Office was never a hit. It was only it was a, a hit. cultural. It was a cultural show. thing, but that show, the highest it ever ranked in the yearly end of year end mm. rankings was like 50th or something. That's crazy. 50th. And I don't think it ever ended a season with more than 10 million viewers, which is crazy to think of how important and how, like, this show ran for like nine years, 201 episodes. Like, what's well, so there's some shows that are just so big. It's like, you know, with we a year ago had all those the end of girls retrospectives, and it's yeah, like no outside of New York City, no one, no one was watching girls, no one watches girls. 
Um, so for the season, the top five shows of the 92, 93 season were, so this is, this is mm. contemporaries, Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> number five, number four, Murphy Brown, number three, Home Improvement, number two, Roseanne, one, 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes was a juggernaut. Interesting. In the 80s and 90s. And you know, we don't ever a, think about we it. We think about dumb, like, like you know, the, the stereotype of the dumb 90s sitcoms. And you look at that list, you know, you have Murphy Brown and Roseanne, which yeah. were fairly were politically aware yeah. and tackling yep. things. Yep. And they I were they were top five. I won't five. go to bat for uh, Home Improvement, but I say that, like, in terms of family sitcoms those first couple seasons... Sharp. <laughs> and plenty of Eastern <laughs> philosophy, courtesy of Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's the thing is there was all these, and this is, this is also before, um, the, the NBC TV era, the musty TV era is about to begin. Oh, so this yeah. is 9293. Frasier is debuting the following season. So Frasier season one is concurrent with Fresh Prince season four. How long after Cheers ending did Frasier start? Uh, like three months. Oh, so it's literally it was lit- that yeah. Next it was season. literally like they it ended and he started in the fall. They like That's rode that way. Crazy, wave. yeah. Because Cheers, I think, is still on right right at this time, which mm. is also this is like the last season of Cheers. Oh god. So yeah, um, uh, IMDb two hundred and six users rated this episode a seven point eight. Mm. Does that feel high, low? Would you, as a Fresh Prince? Uh, aficionado <laughs> is that a title you're gonna wear now oh yeah 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 yeah. definitely i'll see everyone at uh prince con yeah uh, <laughs> the the prince musician uh, convention where we also talk about fresh yeah. prince there's the fresh um, area where you're yes. gonna talk about that uh just in case anyone goes there confused um i don't know if i would I, get, go i don't know, I, don't it, know. I think just the lack of a the weird lack of resolution bothered me i think it's 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 like any big cameo episode yeah. where it to me this episode is so drowned out by the Oprah cameo and yet at the same time I was disappointed by the lack of stuff that Oprah did it was like a little bit more Oprah if you're gonna build an episode around her like a weird like I would I would say um, one of my favorite huge celebrity cameo episodes was. And I just thought of it because we were just talking about Prince on New Girl. Oh, God, yes. That Where, was... I thought that's a great episode of New Girl. Yeah. And that... And Prince is... It plays into the iconic status of Prince. And he's just genuinely so funny. And I mean, yeah. like, we know this is a huge celebrity who she... Uh, uh, this is um, uh, seven years after The Color Purple. So the writers of this know this is an accomplished actress. She can do it. So I felt a little disappointed that so much of it was just her, her just doing her regular talk show host. I would love an oral history to know like how this came about because like Mm -hmm. when Prince died, there were all these articles about how that episode came about and how they were, you know, they were, I think like at Paisley Park (laughs) about to shoot and still not sure it was going to happen. Like it was just the, the whole taping of the episode was all this like, we have to have so many backup plans because, like, is it going to happen? We have no idea what he's going to want to do, how much he's going to want to do. And it turned out he only wanted to do the episode if he could actually have a lasting impact on the series and, like, really play into the the arc of Nick and Jess. And then he only, and again, he also suggested all these jokes that they incorporated. So you're wondering, did they, how did they get Oprah 
were they sure Oprah was going to do it? Did mm-hmm. they have to write this episode last minute? Um, were there limitations with what Oprah wanted to do, didn't want to do? I, I would love to know more because I think that that would really influence, that probably definitely influenced how the episode came together. I would guess that's part of it because like, so so that, to compare it again to that Prince episode, he is, there's so much fun that is played with his persona. Yeah. And he seems very, like, I mean, it's, one thing is that when your persona is that you're the coolest guy in the world, <laughs> it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, you can riff on that. Yeah, sure, have that. fun. I'm so cool. Please. <laughs> oh, oh, keep stinging me. <laughs> but there's something, I wonder if it had to do with, like, so that is Prince, you know, we're in, a, and, like, uh, unrelated to his tragic death, we're still in the, the you know, past prime era he cemented his status as one of the biggest musicians of the world and i think like so we talked about within a few years while she's already hugely successful and maybe i'm getting my oprah timeline wrong but i would say oprah as the most powerful woman in the world is not yet i think she does get there mid mid to late 90s i think is when she really hits her peak so i wouldn't be surprised if she at this point to get to that place that she is about mm-hmm. to get to. Yeah. She has such an ironclad grip on her public persona and she is playing herself in this. So maybe their ability to do that much with her. Cause really her only, her only real like kind of off, like not off, but like uh, a joke that is, has any edge to it. Is that at the end she tries to sabotage Phil Donahue's show yeah. by sending Will to go on that next? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell and it. she gets like sassy with Will a little bit. Like, she, she does. Tells him like sit down. It's it's uh it's not even because I would imagine there are probably episodes of the Oprah Winfrey show that aired around this time mm-hmm. that were probably edgy. Like she was probably edgier or more yeah. aggressive. So this is like it's not even like it's a heightened version of Oprah. It's like Oprah adjacent. It's like. Would she's not she's in the realm. Would you say there's any moment in this episode where she or the show and by that tacitly approved by her makes fun of her? No. Or like has any jokes about her persona or what the public thinks of when they think of Oprah? No. So not even in a good way. Not even yeah. Like you're so important. Like the most powerful woman in the world jokes, them, ambitious jokes. Even when they meet her, they don't even really have over the top reactions. They're yeah. like starstruck, but it isn't like, oh my god, you could order my execution and I would be fine with that because you're great. Like, and I guess by the end of the decade, the jokes would be she's the richest woman in the world. Yeah, yeah. But like, it really feels a kind of toothless in its use of Oprah and the lack of resolution and the fact that it's so revolved around Oprah makes it, to me, a slightly subpar Fresh Prince episode. Yes. And it's not a great Oprah episode. So I think that on those points, I wouldn't rank it that... I would rank it a little lower. I would go, I'll say seven. I could say like a seven. Yeah, I mean... seven. There are are things in here, like it does one of my favorite sitcom things where they recount old plots, Mm -hmm. and then to the the observers, they sound crazy, like uh, Hillary getting kicked out of the house, all that stuff. (laughs) Well, he changed all the locks. Yeah, (laughs) and I love that stuff, but it doesn't feel like, and I I know it may sound like I'm asking a lot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it doesn't seem like they utilize the Oprah uh, uh, mm-hmm. structure to have the characters like actually examine. Like you can see how how you can do the same episode, have them ha- break down, 
And then maybe at the end, like, through Oprah, like, she has a scene where she's like, you're actually, like, has them be oh, like, yeah, yeah you sh- fought, but you... She should have healed them. She should have done, like, she, they should all have been crying, yeah. It, it does exist in this middle ground, because it's like, it's either like, I wanted the whole episode to be Oprah, so yeah. we really get the time to do all that stuff, because, like, that would have been great. Oh, it could have, like... It could have, like, imagine if we started with the actual opening, Oprah opening credits. That would have, see, that would have been great. Or, we see less of this show, we get more of Oprah, Mm. like, backstage, getting into business. We see, like, we get to see Oprah playing a character of Oprah backstage. Yes. But instead, we have, like, some scenes at home, then we have, like, a larger scene at the Oprah show, but it doesn't really, like... It feels like this is the second act of a story, which seems interesting that... And part of that, I think, is maybe the serialization, um, which is so... I ha- It's crazy. <laughs> I did not realize Fresh Prince was this arc-heavy. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> apparently a season three arc. Um, so who would you say had the must-see performance in this, in this episode? Okay. Well, I guess... It's not going to be Oprah. I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid so to sad, say. So sad. Um, one thing Oprah doesn't win. And she has like unlike like watch the Thirty Rock episode. I think she's that is an episode. She's so fun. Liz, the 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 premise they give her, the yeah. Tina Fey's reactions to her, I think are much funnier. Mm-hmm. The supporting cast reactions to the like because the whole thing is right. She's going to get Oprah to come. So all the other characters are so excited. Yeah. Um. So I think to me, um. I mean, you're going to watch this. I, I'm always going to be so impressed by Will Smith's charisma. Yeah. I love just the character of Phil is so great. And so much of that is embodied by James Avery. Yes. Um, but I kind of want to go with these the, the gag side characters of, God, I wanted to watch more of Alexis and Trevor. <laughs> I wanted to see Hillary deal with those characters. Yeah. Because those performances and just the idea of the Alexis character was so funny to me. Yeah, the one, the coming onto a show and being able to actually like steal attention. And I think Trevor can walk in and steal attention yeah. from Hillary and Will is very, he really does command that scene. I mean, the pompous TV anchor, that is not a unique character. No. That is a very well-worn sitcom character, but he's fun. This is Trevor Collins. Goodbye and Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't even think the writing has that much, much enough fun with it. They, oh, they do have that great joke. I always, when I watch these old sitcoms, the audience, the jokes that I laugh the hardest at, the audience gives the least. Yeah. When, um, Carlton yells that Hillary, that Trevor has his, has been staying in the, the, the boathouse. Boathouse? Pool house. Pool house. Yeah. <laughs> Not a boathouse. And they know because he has a makeup case there. And then, which is funny enough, but then Hillary says, keeps a makeup case there. That's a lie! It's not! Stand on a chair and say that to my face! <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> and the audience gives it nothing. Yeah, it's like, that's great. That's such a great, <laughs> great inter- Ugh. I think I am gonna give it to Phil. Mm. Um, the thing is, like, I... The thing, when, it, when there's a lead character on a show... Yeah. It's always, you're probably gonna give it to the... So, like, this was Will's episode to yeah. lose... And I think that while, of course, Will Smith is mm-hmm. great in this episode, of course he is. He is always great. I do think I have seen better Will Smith yeah. performances in A Fresh Prince. I think this episode gives him some stuff to do, but not a lot of outstanding stuff to do. Yeah. And so then I think that other 
everyone else kind of it balances out, and the mm-hmm. other people rise up. I think that Phil's performance in that edited video, which is like, good to be <laughs> editing, but also like he had to actually do that stuff, like stuffing his face full of pizza, like partying at the New Year's party. Really fun stuff. I loved his face after Will asked that first question on his... Oprah. And his anger face, like his mortified anger face was really good. James Avery's eye acting throughout this episode. And I think that's, I mean, that's part oh, yeah. of what's, so, like, he, I think what makes him so perfect and what makes that character so wonderful throughout the series is that James Avery exudes such warmth uh-huh. in the moments that makes you believe like, oh, this is a good man who is just, genuinely? It seems so weird to talk about the talk about this stuff in this in the context of the silly show. But he exudes such warmth of like, yes, he is so annoyed by this this kid who's in his house. Yeah, but he is always going to do the right thing by him. And you like you want like I remember when James Avery died. There were so many articles and so many comments, but internet commenters like I wanted him to be my uncle yeah. or dad so badly. Yeah, but then he's also what makes him so great as a foil to fill, to Will. Phil and Will, Jesus, show, why did you do this? <laughs> um, his angry facial expression. He's the scariest. Buggle, b- b- uh, bogging out eyes yeah. that he gives. And then in this show, he has those eyes while also having intense plastered on smiles. Like yeah. when when the show is going south of just like... <laughs> and I also loved him making bad jokes. Like Which, trying to like sell the audience of like, hey, I'm having a good time. If I saw a politician make that one joke that he makes to Aunt Viv. Yeah. Which I, the audience, the, uh, the, I'm not talking about the Fresh Prince audience. The Oprah audience, the fictional audience acts like it's a bad joke. It's a funny joke. Oprah ask, does Oprah ask, how's your sex life? It's an audience question, which okay. is, a, a, the audience goes... Has being in politics ruined your sex life? No, mine's great. How's yours, honey? <laughs> which I think is very funny. <laughs> like, it's such a dad joke, and yeah, he but sells it's it. funny. Really, yeah, Uncle Phil gets a lot to do in this episode, so I'm definitely... I feel, right, I feel bad about my choice. No, I, I like giving Trevor and Phil no. some love. Uh, must other people see this episode of Fresh Prince? Um, I would say only if they are uh, dying to know every beat of the campaign arc. arc yeah, I would say if you just uh, if you're an Oprah completist and 100%, oh, that that as well, those exist. If you're oh, an sure. Oprah super fan, I think this is a fascinating pop culture artifact from 1992 that you should definitely pop in. Although you probably already watch it a bunch because if you're obsessed with Oprah, I feel like this is one of the first things you go to. I will say, interesting, so I was double-checking if the campaign was a full arc, so I just Googled um, uh, Judge Banks' campaign arc, f- yeah. uh, Fresh Prince. The first thing that came up was a ton of YouTube clips of the remixed campaign ad. Oh, yeah. So this might be people's favorite moment from that story. That I mean, the cold open is great, yeah. although it's such a good setup and joke, I wanted it to go further. Yeah. But um, I would say you can watch the cold open. You can watch the scene with Oprah and Will Smith just just to watch that for the sheer amazingness, of it's seeing, incredible. Like, these two people on the scene. Show but I right. would say this is not the best example of Fresh Prince. No. This is not the best example of Oprah Winfrey as a pop culture icon. Track down, watch uh, Turtles and Oprah on YouTube. <laughs> yes, and then also watch the episode where I think Trevor splats to death. I, <laughs> which I need to actually. The make instant sure we're that. done recording, <laughs> look that up, and hopefully I'm not wrong. Oh yeah. 
So yeah, thank you so much for coming oh, on here and talking about thank you for having the freshest me. of princes. Um, what, uh, where, anything you want people to check out, or where can people find you? Oh gosh, my goodness. Um, they can follow me on Twitter at just my name, uh, John Burshad. It's John without an H. Um, and uh, I host a very silly podcast myself, which is on hiatus at the moment because I'm busy. But it's uh, the Emoji Movie, the podcast. Uh, has nothing to do with the emoji movie. It is just me tasking, uh, funny people. I give them a property that has no narrative, like emojis, and they try to make up what a big budget movie based on that property would be. <laughs> it's, I need a better way to explain the premise. It doesn't take 30 seconds, but I promise you, in practice, it's very fun. Oh, yeah. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, John Bershad, for dropping by and talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with me this week. Next week on the show, we will be starting the run of our holiday gauntlet. I'm not going to put an echo effect on that, so I don't know why I affected that uh, voice. But anyway, we are going to kick off a whole month's worth of Halloween episodes, beginning with the news radio episode, Halloween. Halloween is in season three. It is either episode five or seven. Uh, I think it is number seven on iTunes, but it aired fit that season. It's a whole thing. We'll get into it next week. You can watch the news radio episode on Crackle. You can watch it for free there. You can also buy it on Amazon or iTunes. And that is the very first Halloween episode of four coming up this month. Ooh, I love uh, holidays. Until then, you can send your questions about sitcoms to musthaveseentv at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at musthaveseentv. If you like what you've heard, please, I beg you to rate and review the show in iTunes. I will read your review on air and give you a digital high five. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at thesider.com. You can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening, and I will see you all next week on Must Have Seen TV. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.